Private Ryan. People waiting on the bell. Oregon State, Washington State. All things that need saving. This is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12. Your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Big 12. It's John Kurtz Day. Drake Toll alongside John Kurtz. Thanks for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. Let's jump right in. Oregon State, Washington State, they seem like the ones left out here of this whole ACC conversation. Is it worth taking a reach and tossing out a lifeline? Yeah, well, I appreciate you having me on, Drake. Um, I, I would say no, and I, I feel terrible for both of those schools in this situation. Yeah. I mean, my stance has been like I, I really could care less about uh, Cal and Stanford. I, I you know, whatever. Stanford has $37 billion in their endowment. I, I, they're going to be fine. Uh, and Cal and Stanford, are, they, they got themselves into this position. They were a huge part yeah. of the problem with the Pac-12. Oregon State and Washington State fit much better culturally, obviously, with the Big 12 in terms of just how much they support their teams. They've got great fan bases. They're, they're really good at utilizing their resources, making the most of what they have. I, I just I think the fact of the matter is it just would not it would not be an additive thing for the Big 12. I, we've heard like Jamie Pollard is referenced on with the 365 guys that the TV money just isn't really there anymore uh, to, to make any more additions here at this point. Um, and it's just it's the cold, harsh reality of what college athletics is right now. I don't think that you're you're pulling enough in there. I mean, there are some advantages, I suppose, to having more inventory out on the West Coast. And, and we know that that is something that Brett Yormark has liked and coveted. But as he has said, I mean, they pulled in a, a dream scenario, getting the four corner schools in already. So they've, they've covered a lot of that ground. And it feels to me like the, the move right now is to just wait and see what chaos happens with the ACC, which I know. Maybe in a way, I guess they feel a little bit sturdier if they do wind up adding Cal Stanford SMU. Um, but I, I still think the Florida State threat is is the existential crisis facing that league, and that's not going anywhere anytime soon. So I would I would probably sit it out and wait right now. I know the other thing that was brought up for a minute was would it be Stanford Cal and then Oregon State and Washington State? There were some rumors yeah. of that within the last week, but it seems like that's. Uh, pretty resoundingly been shot down. I don't think that's something the big 12 is really too keen on right now. So I wouldn't, even though I, I do, I feel bad for them and I fully understand that my, my school K state uh, has been in very close to the same position multiple times now through this realignment dance. So I, I feel for them, but I, I don't think that that would be the, the right move for the big 12. Do you think there is an avenue in the next five years where an ESPN, because there've been murmurs of, Oh, well, ESPN will pay for it. They'll try to wiggle their way into, to Washington state and Oregon state staying relevant. Or did those two teams get left completely on the cutting room floor while everybody else seems to find a new home? Yeah. I mean, I think at least for, for right now, they've, they've been left on the cutting room floor. I, mm. maybe there is a scenario when everybody, you know, people sort of talk about like down the road, if, we get to just two giant conglomerates and then you're, you're, it's going to operate on more of an NFL model. You try and separate it back out by geography and something that's a little bit more sensical and you kind of come back around to that. Uh, maybe there would still be a place for them at the table at, at that point. Um, I would also wonder just what the, the dam- how much damage would have been done uh, by then, just in terms of reputation, like what people think of the schools. A lot of that I would think is going to depend on how they continue to compete with whatever league they wind up in and can they make it into the playoff and some of those things. So there might still be a path there like long, long term down the road. But I think at least for right now, for kind of like this round of realignment, whatever this next round of college football is going to be like, particularly uh, starting next year when when Oklahoma, USC, UCLA, Texas are all making their moves. 
um, I think they are going to have to to fight it from from a different spot. Now, I, I think you know, the, uh, sort of a consolation. I know it sucks for Oregon State and Washington State, but sort of a consolation there is like if you do wind up in a uh, some sort of a rebuilt version of the Mountain West, whether that's under a Pac-12 banner, whether that's under a Mountain West banner, um, yeah. there still probably is a path to the playoff, depending on how that goes. Which, you know, I guess the other piece of that is is Sankey going to put his foot down and make it, you know, all at larges. But if there is at least still any room for conference champions, top five conference champions, whatever it might be, uh, to get in there, if the playoff sticks that way, I, I still think they would have a very good shot of making it into the playoff. Um, a decent oh, amount of the time. So, you know, that, that could at least maintain some level of relevancy there. I don't think it's like totally, totally done. Like it's just, you know, pack it up yeah. and go home sort of a thing. Um, but for now, yeah, I think there's going to be some pretty big repercussions, unfortunately for them. Well, we keep having the money conversation as if that's going to affect me or you. If Kansas State tomorrow gets $10 million more million from a TV deal, I don't know how tangibly we see that from a recruiting standpoint, from a fan base standpoint. So you could throw the idea around that, okay, they're, they're forfeiting more money, but if they land in the in, in a whack, in a, a rebuilt whack or a Mountain West conference, then and they go to the playoff, then all is well. From a fan perspective, it feels like all would be well. But, John, from a Big 12 perspective – what is the next move to make this conference the strongest? Do you stop? Do you stop? Or do you try to go further out West with somebody new? I mean, for me right now, it's kind of a just stop and survey the landscape. And I, I don't know yeah. how, how long that period actually lasts. I think that's kind of an impossible question to answer. And I think Brett Yormark will always be ready to strike um, whenever, whenever he needs to. I mean, it's been pretty clear the way this has all played out that the guy seems to be a step ahead of the game and, and mm-hmm. knows where to go and when. Um, but, you know, I know his, his dream for a while was the UConn-Gonzaga basketball thing. It seems like the brakes have been put on that a little bit. And I think that's that's probably smart. Uh, you've just done so much. I mean, this has been a big, big, massive move here. Uh, quite an undertaking. You're integrating four new teams this year. You're going to be integrating four new teams next year. You've got Florida State threatening to leave, and a lot of people think that they will try to leave uh, by this time next year. So there's just there's so much going on. There are so many moving pieces there. To me, it's not really prudent to try and go further down that road. I think if, if you wanted to convince me of something like if, if Gonzaga were possible as a basketball only ad and you could go with them. And I mean, I guess if UConn were possible basketball only, I certainly wouldn't be adding them as a full member, but basketball is the thing that I think about on the medium burner. Now I won't call it the front burner, but the medium burner for your mark, because I I do, I think he, I, I think he believes decoupling the basketball and football thing could really add a significant amount of money per team uh, around the league. I, I, I have a little bit of skepticism toward that. I think it will could add some, I think it's a very good idea. I think it's the type of thing that you absolutely need to try. Um, but I think he's pretty convinced that that can add a substantial amount of money, not like totally catching up to the sec or big 10 money, but enough to kind of bridge the gap a little bit um, and start to, to lead you down that road. And I think that's kind of the next, the next Avenue, the next frontier, because you're clearly not going to, you know, George Klyovkov, I thought one of the dumbest things he did was publicly saying, we're going to catch up to the Big Ten and the SEC financially. Uh, yeah. That that was just never going to happen. That's not the right attitude to have. You got to try and do it a different way than what they're doing. And I think that's what your mark is uh, absolutely trying to do here. Kind of maximize the value of basketball because that's what you have and see if that can bridge the gap a little bit and firmly establish yourself as the third best league in the country. I think that's that's kind of the path forward for the Big 12 now. John, if there is a fall through with the ACC and Stanford, and we've heard that there's there's the meeting that's going on this week to decide ahead of the college ball playoff. Real, I mean, there's so many things, bells and whistles to this. If that falls through, and you're Brett Yormark, do you pick up the phone from Cal and Stanford? Do you entertain that idea? 
I don't love it. I, I don't love it. I really don't because I, you know, look, Stanford, I guess the, the appeal is that Stanford has such a, a brand, even though it's not really based around athletics at this point. But they are, I mean, university presidents certainly would love it, but it just seems like a marriage that just would be very silly on both sides. I mean, there's, there's really nothing that those schools have in common with anybody in the Big 12. You know, as much as we talk about Stanford and Cal looking down on the Big 12, I think you also have to think about, like, look, this is a league full of places that fill their stadiums, live, yeah. eat, sleep, breathe athletics and supporting their team. And that is not the vibe at all in, in uh, Berkeley or Palo Alto. Um, much more based around academics, not good teams. So you're not, you're not gaining much from a on-field perspective in any sport right now. I think that's only going to get worse because as we go closer to like athletes being employees and NIL and transfer portal and those sorts of things, like that's, you know, Sanford struggles with the transfer portal because of the academic requirements. Uh, they're, they're certainly not one that wants to be really heavily involved in the NIL game and paying athletes. So I don't think you're going to see a return to relevancy really for, for either of those schools anytime soon. So you combine all that together. It just, it doesn't feel, and then again, everything I just said about waiting for the ACC and not trying to overreach right now and letting things settle. I just, I I don't, I I struggle to find a way where that really makes any sort of sense for anybody involved. You know, by the way, the other piece of that is I just don't think that Cal and Stanford would ever agree to it. Even if maybe an ESPN has kind of suggested like, Hey, you know, maybe if the ACC doesn't work out, you could go do the big 12 thing. I just, I, I don't think even if they're getting nudged that way that it would ever actually work for anybody there. So I have a hard time, hard time seeing it. Yeah. Well, John, I want to dive into the Big 12, the ACC. If the ACC does get Cal and Stanford, how do things change in the, the landscape of college athletics as the ACC now jump the Big 12? But first, from our friends from Game Time right here on Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, it's game time. Game week, by the way. I love college football, obviously. And I also love waiting last second to get my college football tickets. Um, I have been to many games. I watched the Arkansas and the Kansas game in the Liberty Bowl last year. You remember it. I have seen uh, Virginia Tech play a football game randomly. And you know why? Because I go in game time and I find these cheap tickets. Last second. I'm 22. I'm 22. I don't plan things. I don't have a calendar. I just go and do because game time lets me. If you want flash deals, last minute tickets, easy to find tickets for every kind of event from concerts to playoff games to I don't I, like snake festivals they do in Texas. It, you can find them at game time. Also, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, lowest prices guaranteed right now. Go to game time. Forget planning months in advance. Plan the day off. That's what I do. So you know exactly what you expect when you arrive when you get these tickets. They show you a picture of where you sit. Two taps, you're set. Tickets directly to your phone. You never have to dig through your email to get them directly to your phone. Download the game time app. Open the account. Use the code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, $20 off your first purchase. If it's a $20 ticket, it's a free ticket. Game time app, Locked On College, $20 off. Create that account with Locked On College or $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. John Kurtz, the best jawline in sports, the Big 12 and the ACC. Now they've got Stanford. Now that they have the Big 12 people, oh, we've got all the the time zones. It's been the big thing that we've screamed for so long. Now the Pac-12 is going to bring in the greatest Olympic sports school, the ACC, I'm sorry, bring in the greatest Olympic sports school in Stanford. Does that put that league above the big 12, given the turmoil they're undergoing right now. Yeah. The way I evaluate it, I just, I don't feel like Stanford and Cal and SMU too, for that matter, just don't really move the needle for me too much in terms of like where I feel like 
they would actually be in the pecking order because it's so heavily slanted toward football. And then if you want to take anything else into account, it's basketball. And if you have just an overwhelming basketball league, like the big 12, I think it counts for something. Um, I'm not sure that the ACC is, is getting anything out of SMU, Cal and Stanford for basketball. Uh, They're certainly not really for, for football right now, but I I do think the ACC still very much has an argument to be the, the third best conference in the country for now. And that is simply because they just have more at the top. You know I mean? The big 12 is so balanced. Um, and there is, you know, I mean, Utah, TCU, like Oklahoma State, K-State. I mean, you have some pretty good programs, but they're not at the level of Clemson, Florida State. Um, and, you know, I mean, Miami has been so mediocre for so long, but that does still have a lot of residual brand value to it. So I think because of that, um, I think there's very much an argument for it. you just say, well, hey, the ACC, you know, they're going to have a better chance of having somebody winning the national championship, at least uh, fully realizing that TCU just played for it last year. But yeah. um, with Clemson, basically Clemson is carrying a lot of the load there. We'll see, you know, Florida State has run their mouth a whole lot here. I sure mm-hmm. hope they can back that up on the field. We'll find out. Um, I think Mike Norvell is a good coach. I'm not sure that he's great or excellent. Um but long ways to say, I think because of the brands that the ACC has at the top for now, you, you could still consider them that. But if you want to make it even more global, you think about just stability and what the long term future of the league is going to be. I mean, I certainly would favor the Big 12 on that just because of the problems that the ACC has. So there are a lot of ways. I think it depends on how you what lens you want to view that through. Are you viewing it through like just as currently constituted right now? Yeah. Are you viewing it through long term future? Uh, because I still would be more bullish on the long term future of the Big Twelve. Well, right now, um, you might have to give the edge to the ACC just because of of who they have at the top, regardless of whether or not they they wind up adding these three. So that's huge. So so to to sum it up a little bit, you'd give the you give the ACC a one over the Big Twelve because of the Florida States who might not be in that league in five years, who will likely not be in that league in three to five years. So then, do you do you value excellence over depth? Is that what we're getting at here? Excellence is better than depth when it comes to to conferences. In some ways, I mean, like the problem is we're just so we're hyper focused on national champions and who can actually go win that thing and. Um, I mean, honestly, the way Georgia is going right now, maybe maybe the answer is Clemson can't even get back there. And I think it's fair to question it a little bit. I mean, they they're still very good, but I think they may have slipped just a half step from being at the elite level, which they were for a long time under Dabo. And so that can certainly all be debated, but it is hard. And look, tons of respect to TCU. And it was terrific for the Big 12 that they made the championship game and beat Michigan. But to get beat that way was just kind of a, I mean, that was a dose of reality, uh, unfortunately, for how far you are from the, the very, very concentrated top. And Clemson, at least, is still closer to that. And we all we all know that if you're it, basically the way that the, the public at large, the casuals are going to judge conferences, that matters probably more so than just the overall depth. Um, so once again, I guess beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but, and I think the big 12 has a lot going for it. And there are a lot of, adva- of advantages to having that depth, but there are also probably bigger advantages to being a conference where people say like, Hey, national champion could come out of that conference. And right now I think the ACC still does hold that edge over the big 12. John, before we jump into the big 12's chances at a college football playoff this year, when you look at a Clemson who 15 years ago was fairly irrelevant in college athletics, they'd won a championship in the nineties, but they were how I'd compare to a, maybe a Baylor or a Texas tech where it's like, Oh yeah, they're good some years, but this is not a national powerhouse. They, they grew that from almost the ground up under Dabo. Is there a big 12 program that can make that jump in today's college football? It's a really good question. And I think 
a part of the problem right now is just the current landscape. I mean, things are so slanted towards those top two leagues and the concentration of power has never been, well, more concentrated uh, than, than what we have right now. The concentration of talent at the top of the sport has never been quite like this, where it is a, a part of that, I think, is just the landscape we're in where it's easier to recruit nationally. Um, mm. you know, I've seen it with, like, obviously covering K-State. I've seen it with kids in the state of Kansas. Um, you know, Alabama comes in and will offer usually a couple kids from the state of Kansas every single year now to, to provide a little bit of competition there because easier to see highlights of any kid at all the, at all times, easier to travel to go see those kids where in the past it may have stayed more regionally. Um, I think just the SEC, the media bump that the SEC has been getting for about two decades now yeah. has really added up over time and helped them. There are just a lot of things that have created this environment that probably make it tougher for somebody to make a Clemson-like jump. But if we do want to talk about that, I mean – you brought up Texas Tech. I think Joey McGuire is, uh, by all accounts, looks like a guy that's absolutely on the rise. I, I think very highly of him as a coach. He certainly is doing a great job recruiting. Um, I think they'd be one to watch out for. TCU, quite obviously, they were in the national championship game last year. Um, I think I just saw the other day, I can't remember what the timestamp on it was, last decade maybe they had the most wins of anybody in the Big 12 outside of Texas and Oklahoma. Um, they've had some 12-win seasons. They've been to New Year's six games. Like, that's that's a program that has proven they can do it at a high level. They have Fort with DFW in their backyard, obviously, to recruit from. A lot of built-in advantages there for TCU that I think give them that capability. And, I mean, another one that I would throw out there is, like, I think UCF. I'm, I'm bullish on the future wow. of UCF, uh, interestingly enough, because I think they have a great coach right now in Gus Malzahn who's been in a national championship game. Um, and on top of that, they have the Orlando and Florida area to recruit out of. It's been a rough time for their rivals in state, Florida, Florida state, Miami. Yeah. Uh, so I think they've made some, some headway and some hay with that. And you just go look at the recruiting numbers right now. I mean, they're out recruiting basically everybody in the, in the new big 12, as of right now, yeah. they're already doing that without having played a year in the league. So look, there very well could be some, some bumps in the road and getting used to the big 12 and getting integrated there. But um, I think also taking into account that they're a young program and how rapid the trajectory has been of them so far. I, I do think that they have a pretty high ceiling. Um, now, Clemson, that's obviously extremely lofty. But if we're just talking about like teams that deserve to at least be in that conversation, I would probably submit them to that. Oklahoma State. I mean, the problem for me is like Mike Gundy. I just yeah. uh, it feels to me like the game maybe starting to pass him by a bit. He was not real quick. But the second play. you think that. Is yeah. the second he wins. Well, look, 2021 was not that long ago, and he was six yep. inches away from the playoff. So, you know, it's hard for me to definitively say that. But because he was not quick to be on top of, like, yeah. NIL and the transfer portal, I just – that starts to make me wonder about what the long-term grip is going to be like there. Um, but, yeah, the guy is as consistent as anybody. So I think it would be unfair to leave Oklahoma State out of that conversation. Um, you know, I mean, I, I obviously I love K-State. I love Chris Kleiman. I think where they're at is in a really good place. I think the program is going to be good uh, here for a while as long as Kleiman sticks around. But, you know, I mean, there are some things working against K-State in general that make it hard for me to see like a jump up to being a Clemson level. But I think those schools would be the ones that I would throw into the discussion that at least and, and Baylor. I should not leave out Baylor either. I mean, they've had some really high highs here, too. They've proven they can do it under multiple coaches, which I think is very important. Um, in different coaches, different ways, right? So uh, Baylor deserves to be in that discussion too. That, that to me is kind of the list of if you wanted to put together like potential candidates there, uh, I think you would start there. Although again, the, the, the asterisk on everything is that I think the current landscape probably prevents another Clemson from happening. Yeah. John, before we let you jump, last couple of minutes here of will the Big 12 make the college football playoff this year right here on Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, John. Uh, peel back the curtains. Kansas State is my Big 12 champion. I think Will Howard, Chris Kleiman, who, if you remember two, three years ago, people were wondering if Chris Kleiman would still be the coach at Kansas State before too long. Now he has built a powerhouse in the Big 12. I don't think it's Texas. I don't think it's Oklahoma. I've got K-State with a season good enough to vie for a college football playoff. When you look across the landscape objectively, what do you see? I think uh, to the point on K-State, I think their schedule is going to be meaty enough this year that they they probably do have that opportunity. And a huge part of that would be playing Texas. Uh, They're going to be at Texas. They're also at Texas Tech. I mean, their road schedule is pretty tough this year. They're at Texas Tech, at Texas Tech. Uh, they're at Kansas. They're at Missouri yeah. in the non-con, who, you know, I know a lot of people are kind of bullish. Wait a second, John. Did you just say at Kansas in naming the tough games? That, that uh, What a world we live in now. It, it is pretty crazy. That'll be at the end of the year. I mean, we'll see what kind of shape both teams are in because Kansas has a much tougher schedule this year than they had last yeah. year. But yeah. I think I think that game will be a dogfight. So, and then they, they have TCU at home, too. So, I mean, and TCU's schedule also sets up really nicely before that home game. I think they very well could be 6-0, and 7-0. and think so. I think the opportunity would be there um, for, for K-State to get that sort of recognition. Plus, they start ranked pretty high because of what they did last year. Um, a lot of star power to replace, and it kind of has me hovering around more like a 9-3-ish and uh, expectation for K-State yeah. this year with maybe one game one way or the other. Um as to where I could see that season going. I mean, look, the obvious answer here is like most people are going to say, hey, Texas would be your shot at the, mm. the playoff. I I understand it. I mean, it makes – in a vacuum, it makes all the sense in the world, but it just – you know, look, they're, they've done this year after year after year for 13 straight years now where they've had a very talented roster and found a way to mess it up. Steve Sarkeesian is not a guy who strikes me as – you know, his resume does not strike you as somebody that's going to be a college football playoff type of coach. Yeah. So I have a hard time believing in them. Um, you know, Texas Tech, I think a lot of potential, but I worry about their quarterback health. Uh, so, look, there are options. TCU went there last year. I, I would lean no. I don't think that the Big 12 is going to have a playoff team. Uh, I would I would love for them to, as long as it is not Texas or Oklahoma. And, you know, nice. frankly, Oklahoma might deserve a mention here, too, in large part because of the schedule. They get such a kiss on the way out the door with that schedule, um, avoiding really the, the top three to four toughest teams in the league. They get all yep. four newcomers. Um, that is a tailor-made schedule for Brent Venables to have a rebound year heading into uh, the SEC. So they, they probably deserve a mention there too. But I, I just I find enough flaws in every single team so far in the league that I lean toward no, you won't have a playoff team. But I certainly, I mean, I would not have told you, TC, you had any prayer yeah. last year of going to the playoff and we saw what happened there. So uh, definitely could happen. But as of right now, I lean toward no. John, last one. Super easy. Your Big 12 champion, go. Yeah, it's you know I actually John, it's the last week before the season. You got to know. You got to have one. I know. Well, so people have been asking me for a while. I know I got asked at Big Twelve Media Days, and I was like, well, I mean, look, my head would say Texas. Like Texas should win this thing. Uh, roster. My heart would say K State. Uh, would yeah. love for K State to win this thing. So I kind of was like, look, going back and forth between all that. I'm just I took both of them out of it, and I said, all right, best of the rest. What's next up? And I, I was going Texas Tech. So. Yep. Yep. I guess by by that process of elimination, I go to Texas Tech with Oklahoma pretty close behind once again, just because of the schedule. But I just I don't believe in the combo of Dylan Gabriel and Brent Venables enough um, to, to, to go all the way to say that they would outright win the league. I think they very well could make it to Arlington. But uh, Red Raider fans, there you go. I'll, I'll take Texas Tech. 122nd in total defense for Oklahoma last year. Not good, John. Not good. Now, everybody knows where to go to find you. They've already watched your stuff. But if they haven't, if the one person who hasn't, where do they need to find you? 
Yeah, I appreciate that. So check it out on YouTube. Just John Kurtz, just my name here. Um, you can find the YouTube channel there. Do a couple of live shows every week. Um, I'm on Twitter. Obviously, you see the Twitter handle JL Kurtz um, is how you can find me on Twitter. And uh, if you are a K-State fan, I do a podcast called Three Ma. It's like Ema, but with a three, um, wherever, is it, wherever it is that you find your podcast, uh, you can listen to K-State coverage there. That's John Kurtz, JL Kurtz. Thanks, John, for joining the show today. Everybody else, thank you for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. This has been, always will be, Locked On. Hey, thanks again for making it your first listen every single day. Grande Dose.